Escape from Plan A. Welcome to a new episode of Escape from Plan A. Uh, I'm Teen, your host, joined by regular Jong. Jong, what's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? Um, and I think returning guest, Mike. Mike, you've been on at least once or twice, right? We've uh, we've talked about... What did we talk about last time? Uh, like startup stuff and finance stuff. Right, right, Bitcoin right. episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, oh, that's right. That's right. So we're... Uh, you know, we talk a lot in the Discord and... Uh, Lately, or just recently, I think we had like a really good uh, late night, very late night for me. It was like, <laughs> it was like a few beers and a few gummies in uh, <laughs> to conversing about sort of like the centrality. You're okay. So let's set the stage. I live in New York City. I'm from uh, the Washington D.C. area. Uh, Jong, you're from uh, Ber- from Berkeley, right? Yeah, like basically. Like born in San Francisco, raised in in Berkeley, I guess. But I, I went so much. Like I went back and forth between the city and and the East Bay so much. Mm-hmm. I just consider myself just like generally Bay Area, the Bay Area guy, right? Yeah, yeah. And then Mike, you're like Angelino, like all the way, right? Um, yeah. So I grew up in Ventura County, which is just north of LA. Uh, right. And then I went to school in San Diego, and then I lived in the Bay Area for a while, and now I live in LA. So I've basically spent oh, my wow. entire life in California. <laughs> oh wow! I didn't know you went to school in San Diego, like for for like high school and stuff. Or uh, no, for for I went to UCSD. Oh oh oh, for college. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Right. 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 Got it. Okay. So I just thought it was interesting because like we were having this conversation that I thought um, usually I've seen like people engage in this in real life and in podcasts and on videos and like, you know, YouTube videos and stuff where they want to do this like battle of the coasts, you know, best coast versus the least coast or whatever. And I don't know. I find that to be a little bit, uh, I was saying right before we record, I find that to be a little bit childish and kind of ignorant in a way, because the reality is that I think the coasts are probably more similar than they're different. And the real difference is probably Asians living outside major, the outside of like, so I would say SoCal, Bay Area, and New York City. You know, like those the are the typical like enclaves, basically. Yeah, I think those are the three like major enclave cities. And if you're outside of those three, uh, pretty marginalized, I feel. You're, you're, the Asian communities are pretty marginalized in, in terms of, not locally, not necessarily like locally, but in terms of like the cultural awareness and thought processes of Asian people in America is like, it's really like LA and Bay area. And then like New York city gets a mention too, just because there's so many Asians here. Um, does that make y'all agree with that or? Yeah. I I feel like, um, like the Chinatown episode is always filmed in New York city and never like, on it never on the west coast even though there's i think a lot more asians in general and a lot more suburban asians uh on the side of the country Mm -hmm. yeah so okay so what am i what were we trying to say listen at this court because i thought it was going to make a really great pod episode and i i guess because i 
grew up in the Maryland suburbs of DC, we were pretty incognito. Like no one was even really aware that there were Asians in Maryland outside of like Asians in Maryland. <laughs> you know, like uh, even though there were quite a few. Like my high school was like thirty, probably over thirty percent Asian. Damn, dude. Yeah, no, it's a very Asian area. I mean, I think like the town north of me called Rockville, Maryland is basically like a Chinese enclave at this point. Like, you know, uh, I remember like I had a friend visit uh, from L.A. once. He was a Korean guy from Torrance. And I was showing him around Rockville at night. He was like, yo, this place just looks like L.A., you know, like smaller, of course. But yeah, this this stuff also changes really, really quickly. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember when I first ever... uh, like, for example, first time I went to the Bay Area, we went to Cupertino, mm-hmm. and it was not a majority Asian or majority Chinese-American or Taiwanese-American kind of place. Yeah, no way. Um, but then, you know, fast forward 10, 15 years later, during my college years and right after my college years, it's it's it was just totally different. Cupertino is you know, like the hometown of Apple, right? In Silicon yeah, Valley. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the whole, like the entire place was basically an enclave at that point. Yeah. Um, with all of the restaurant infrastructure that would, you know, uh, that that goes along with that, as well as the educational, you know, high attainments, high pressure kind of environment. So, yeah, that I mean, that flipped on a dime in like a decade. So it's it can change really fast. Places like Las Vegas, too, got like super Asian and parts of it. See, I haven't been in a while, but like some of those neighborhoods now, uh, it almost feels like an extension of Los Angeles. Um, or like Orange County or something, you know, just yeah. like Asian signs everywhere, Asian people everywhere. Yeah, anyway. Phoenix, like Phoenix mm-hmm. and Vegas, they sometimes people joke around and say that it's called East California. <laughs> yeah, oh, really. Yeah, it feels that way. Yeah, for sure. There are a lot of Californians moving there. That is true. <laughs> yeah, so, a lot of those, oh, oh no, yeah, go ahead, I was going to say a lot. A lot of those people also spend their summers in Southern California, like San Diego. Because mm-hmm. it's just so brutally hot in, in those yeah. areas. So there's, That's there's a lot funny. of population that goes back and forth. <laughs> I mean, I suspect that LA is just like exporting like Asians at this point because it's just too expensive and people like yeah. the income tax is too high. So people are like <laughs> going sure. to like, you know, Washington State or Nevada or something, you know. Um, but okay. So I think I would say that the overall trend seems to be the sort of dissolution of regionality like you're seeing well people are so connected like they're the culture is determined online now so like regionality is starting to fall apart just because of that and you know you, you go online like where are asian people getting their cues now it's all on these like you know subtle asian traits or tiktok or whatever right and it really doesn't matter where you are right but so so i think the trend i don't know if you all agree but i think the trend is towards the loss of regionality but well, it's still there, isn't it? It's still there because the environments are still different. Like even yes. two enclaves, like in New York and say California, they're still going to be different. And if you wander outside of the enclave, your experience is going to be prob I don't know about very different, but definitely will be different, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And how is that going to affect your behavior? How is that going to affect like how you interpret what is online? It'll yeah. still it'll still be viewed through a certain lens, a regional lens. Yeah, the thing I've noticed as an East Coast Asian, especially one that's like from, uh, not from New York, which has this, I guess has a kind of character to it. But you're like people from New York are like, 
I don't know if you just call them East Coasters or you call them New Yorkers. I don't know what you all mean by East Coast if you just really have New York in mind. Yeah. But but like over here on the East Coast, like it doesn't matter what city you're from. I'm sure in California it's the same way, right? Um, and being as I'm on the East Coast but not New York, uh, yeah, the whole like East Coast thing is lacking in identity and character. Like it just – I'm not saying the people like East Coast Asians lack identity and character though some do. Um, it's that like, there's no, uh, idea of us, like either for other people or ourselves. Like we, we, there's no, like when they, when they do these things like West coast versus East coast for Asian people, it's really just about why you should go to the West coast. (laughs) (laughs) Like I've never seen anyone fall on the side of East coast. Like, like East coast is always the loser in these, in these battles, which is fair because I got to say, I am a huge fan of California in particular. I'm a huge fan of the Bay area, in particular the East Bay. And I just like, I just like, like SoCal as a region. It's like a little universe unto itself. And you know, it's it's very cool. I love it. Yeah. Um, but it has character and, and, um, like you get a lot of famous Asian people from uh, either from or they when they get famous, they move to Southern California. And that's like the, you know, the sort of epicenter of like the Asian celebrity chef scene. You know, mm-hmm. I think David Chang, he's like he started he's an example, right? Like David Chang started yeah. his Momofuku Empire here in New York. And then after he made it, he moved out, I think, to la or vegas right like he he, yeah, he lives, he lives uh either in or near the san gabriel valley now which is oh really crazy. wow yeah. okay he talks about it on his podcast a lot yeah and like you know i don't know just go way back like lucy liu she went to sty stuyvesant high school she's from queens you know or like huh. aquafina is from queens oh, like really? you get a lot of like asians that come up here in new york but then you know when they get famous like everyone when you get prominent you go out to yeah, I, I mean, LA. I imagine, I imagine it's because of all the production companies that are based out here, right. and the time zone is probably a little bit more convenient for, for doing stuff between. I think West it's Asia more. Than, I think it, that's true, here. but I think it's a little bit more than that too, just because I think like, you, you to be close to the heart of the mothership of whatever this Asian American culture thing is that's that's having its moment, you got to be there. This, yeah. Oh, another guy who I rag on all the time, Jeff Yang. He's from Brooklyn. <laughs> You know, <laughs> um, he was like a writer for the Wall Street Journal, like classic New York Asian guy. And then, you know, the second he made it and his kid was on TV or whatever, he like moved out to L.A. and and never looked back. Right. So uh, L.A. is just this in particular. And I guess also Bay Area, to the extent like Asians want to go into tech, mm-hmm. it's just yeah. sucking everyone over there. I don't know if that's still happening, but I feel like. If you're an Asian in America, the magnetic pull is to the West for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's again, so I, I grew up here my entire life and I didn't really understand how it was kind of unique in a way until I started traveling for, heavily for work. And I would end up in you know places like Florida or New York or Chicago. And it was, I mean, it was fine. It wasn't like bad or anything, but, you know, it just struck me how totally different it would have been to to grow up in a place like that versus just well, we'll know, go into that like what do you mean what was the qualitative aspects of this um i mean so first of all obviously there were just less asian people in general so i stood out a little bit more mm-hmm. um but 
also like the the composition of the schools were totally different. Like I, so I grew up. I think we mentioned this last night too. But I grew up in in a world where going to the University of California, one of the, I don't know, one of the seven or eight campuses, is just mm-hmm. the default, right? Right. Like if you were not so academically inclined, you would go to something else, um, either college Riverside. Uh, or no, I mean. <laughs> No, I mean like um, uh, like community college or uh, you know some other local college. And if you were like super ambitious, you would go to a uh, East Coast lip like you know liberal arts kind of school or or oh or, really or Ivy League. Yeah, yeah. Like it was just not something that was the default. You had to you had to know that you wanted that or had family that came from that world. But the vast majority of my friends. And and I'd say most of the people, at least in my social circle, went to University of California, and, and those schools are heavily Asian. So basically, it, it was just a, a different uh, professional and academic environment that I stepped into, mm-hmm. um, which was just very different. And I mean, a lot of this happened again when I was in my tw- like early twenties. So I just didn't have very much context for the rest of the world. Um, but but yeah, those those were some of the first things I noticed. That that's always uh, been very weird to me. That like I I started noticing because I because I used to hang before COVID. I used to hang out in LA a lot, relatively frequently because I got friends out there. And one yeah. night we were out at dinner, and <clears throat> there was these there was an Asian couple, this this guy and a girl, and the girl said, "Isn't this had nothing to do? I just overheard this. She was like." talking about a trip that he had taken to the dc area and she was like isn't dc like the capital of maryland i was like holy shit like they don't know anything like i didn't like what i didn't even know that there were americans that didn't understand like the east coast because to me the East Coast were like the original fucking. This is like the original United States. Like this yeah. is the core I from my America, perspective. America and she 1. was asking 0. questions like that. And then when I went out to LA, like there is, I noticed like there's so many, there's so much similarity between, uh, I think New Yorkers and Angelinos in particular. Like <clears throat> we're both from these huge cities, and we're we're used to just incredible amounts of diversity and and and. Yeah, it's a similar it there's there's a lot of similarities but then when i really get to talking to the people who have like lifelong angelinos like to an extent they are like foreigners to me because their framework the way they see the country and the world is very fundamentally like different in its own way where like when I hang out with people in LA, they kind of think of me almost as like a foreign guest. I mean, in a very, like he's the New York guy. Right. You know? And it's like, it's a curiosity because a lot of the people that I hang out with, some of them only been to visit New York maybe once or twice, you know? Yeah. Um, I have a friend from Boston that uh, is now uh, pretty firmly probably going to stay here for the rest of his life. But he's like, yeah, dude, this is basically a different country, (laughs) California, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And, and just, and about that, uh, that lady about the DC comment, I mean, one of the stereotypes of LA is that it attracts transplants, like the hottest, dumbest people from wherever, right. whatever small town you're from, like come yeah. to LA. That's so, what New York is for the Midwest. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so there is that. <laughs> it's pretty funny though. <laughs> it's like a low, it's like a under, it's like a, you've got to get under the barrier. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's, it's, so what's interesting, Jung, now you are a New Yorker. Like, you're you're moving here with a one-way ticket. Like, you're not planning on going back at any point uh, definite. But you're yeah. a lifelong West Coaster. So I thought it would be... I'm curious, now that you've been... How, how long have you been here now? Like uh, It's been probably like six months. Yeah, since since the winter, right? I remember when you when I met up with you in the winter, and yeah, um, yeah. So, what are your thoughts? Like, what what do you what are you noticing um, being that reverse transplant? I so first of all, I don't know if I can call myself a New Yorker yet, but I but it is a one way ticket. I do plan on staying here. Um, I've been really enjoying it, and uh, it's definitely a different vibe. I think first off, um, hmm, shit, I just lost my. Okay, hold on, let me backtrack. So you were saying? Well, first, where are you right now? You're you're in Brooklyn, right? I'm in yeah, I'm in Williamsburg right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, I I don't know. Like he's like the weed out here is very strong. I don't, <laughs> the weed, I don't... All the weed comes from California. <laughs> yeah. I I was looking for weed from New York, and everybody just sells oh. weed from California. Yeah. Um, why we you just you just import it from the best place for weed, man? Like who pretty much, it? but. Dude, like back in the day, New York, I mean, New York City diesel, that was a thing. Yeah. Um, I think attitudes are probably different. The speed is definitely different. Um, I mean, we could go through like sort of sort of some of the like stereotypical differences, right? Like New Yorkers are rude or like impatient. Well, everyone, I mean, the, 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 the regional difference. Here's the thing. The regional differences between L.A. and New York City have been explored to fucking death. Yeah, right. Everyone right. knows that. But what about the Asian people, like the Asian New Yorkers or whatever, versus like Asian Californians? Have you noticed? Uh, I don't assume you've been only hanging out with Asians, of course, but like you, I mean, you I do have, hang out with Asians. I kind of have been, but oh, really? Oh, yeah. But okay. also, but here's the thing: is like a lot of them are Koreans visiting, sure, or like moving here. So it's a little bit different than just like New York Asians. Okay, but um, in some ways, they actually, I, I think, it kind of. I think it depends on what circles you run in, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. like New York Asians, at least the ones I've been hanging out with, remind me in a lot of ways like L.A. Asians. Oh, um, interesting. Okay. But I think that probably depends on class. Um, Are you talking about more like ABG energy type Asians? Yeah, like, yeah for yeah. sure. There, we have that here. It's strong here, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's a lot more like uh-huh. cutthroatness. You know, I think I heard like you eat what you kill. You know, <laughs> like shit uh-huh. like that. Like it's a battle. People are not. Uh, they see it through a lens of, of like, I'm gonna go get mine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see that too in L.A. You know, like if you, it's just the means and the ways they go about it are a little bit different. No, so over so you're not so you're seeing more similarities than differences, and uh, both, and mostly it's just like navigating a, a you know just a different city. The differences are superficial, I think. Interesting. Like, yeah, you know, style might be a little bit different, uh, vernacular slang that's going to be different, like how you talk or something. Yeah, different. There's different. You know, there's superficial differences in style, like like clothing or accent. You know, whatever. Right. Um, mm-hmm. slang that you use. 
but I don't know if I see really that much of a difference. I know one of the things that you were kind of pointing to on uh, in the Discord last night, or at least when I read it this morning, you were kind of saying like East Coast Asians, they grow up under rougher conditions. Some of it being less, um, I guess, less populous in general, like not having quite the dominance that LA has. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also just the East Coast generally being a little bit rougher, a little bit more direct, which mm-hmm. I have definitely seen just in general. And frankly, I appreciate. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think if you travel to certain areas of California, you're going to see similar roughness, right? It's just. Yeah comes from different sources yeah no that's true that's true i guess like because the the image of la is so dominated by sort of like a bougie aesthetic yeah Yeah. influencer asians you know and like glitzy glitzy asians rich asians and famous asians you know and it has an effect like uh i was i used to joke like all our former ab like all the former abg girls in la now have like a real estate license and (laughs) you know yeah for sure (laughs) you you know what i mean like and everyone's trying to go upscale and oh yeah and uh live that you know live that instagram life or whatever Mm -hmm. you know what's interesting is um so out of a sample of i'm just thinking back uh to all the people that I know that moved to New York at some point in their life, which is maybe 20 to 30 people. And it's a pretty good spread of professions like finance tech, being a doctor uh, and um, or, or like, you know, some kind of PhD studies. Um, Almost every single one of them has, has moved back to the West coast, except for the people that work in medical. How long did they live in New York? Um, so I, I think the finance guys, they just did their, like their investment banking little tour for three or four years or whatever. And then they just jumped ship to private equity or venture capital Uh and just moved back to California. Um, and then some other folks just were out there just kind of bumming around. They just had some corporate job and eventually I think they just, I think they just got tired of the city, but, but the medical folks I know love the East coast because I think the medical establishment is still very much East coast based and you have to kind of be there for, I mean, medical timelines are just way longer than everything else. Right. So I think you just have to be there for longer. Maybe that's part of it, but it's also still where like all the journals and all the top research. like John Hawkins and Mount Sinai. Yeah. So they're, they're all still over there, which is very interesting. Hmm. Yeah. That's definitely, yeah. Like most of the people I knew, like say in law school that that I, I went to law school in New York and there were quite most of the I would say most of the Asians came from West Coast and very few of them stayed. Now I can't really think of any that stayed. They all went back. This like one guy literally had like a fear of bricks. Like he couldn't be around <laughs> like, like too many because brick of earthquakes. He's afraid of earthquakes, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, something like I, he couldn't explain. He was just like, "Yeah, I don't, I can't explain to you, but this, all these bricks fucking terrify me, man." And he, oh, he had to go back to LA. <laughs> That's the weirdest phobia. Oh, it's fucking weird, man. Um, Does he live in concrete buildings only, then? I Better. stucco, you know, yeah, stucco, <laughs> steel. But like, but like, yeah, no, I started noticing then because like I always, you know, I never really thought too much about those 
differences until I realized like, oh, wait, people kind of go like when I grew up, I had friends also like in Maryland who like a lot of them reached for UC schools. Like they would pay out of state tuition to go to UC. Yeah, it was very popular in where I was. And uh, they did everything they could to like stay in California. And, you know, it was seen as sort of like a failure to come back, not to the East Coast, but to like Maryland. Okay. Right. Because Maryland, because like I said, like it barely registers. Like there's a certain set of people in America who think going to DC is like going to the big time, going to the big leagues or whatever. And it is. I mean, like, depends on what you're doing, but DC is a, I think it's like sort of the San Francisco of the East Coast, whereas New York is the LA of the East Coast. Huh. Uh, and it attracts, you know, it attracts, like, but for Asians, I mean, I think like we have our own way of, of assigning hierarchies to cities. And like, for example, like, uh, I would say certain cities just don't register at all for us, like Atlanta or Chicago, yeah. where, you know, like, have you noticed, like, during the pandemic, there was just been a lot of Americans that are, like, leaving the major cities and trying to relocate to what I would call, what some might call, like, a second-tier city, which is kind right. of, a, you know, kind of a condescending way to put it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, a smaller market city, maybe a little bit inland, a place like Denver, a place like um, Austin, yeah, may, eh, maybe Chicago. I don't know about Chicago, but whatever. Yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, I, I see Chicago up there. Yeah, and but I feel like a lot of Asians won't wouldn't do that just because we sort of rank our cities by like viability of there being an Asian community. Yes, and although so Atlanta some, has a decently large Asian community, from what I hear. Yeah, I'm sure. But I think for like uh, Asians, it's like a bigger step down than it is for other Americans because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm going into the south. There's like no, you yeah. know, goodbye to all my access to, you know, Korean restaurants and Chinese restaurants <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> at least to, to the extent that I'm used to in like New York or California, you know. So, yeah, that's true. I mean, between SF, L.A. and New York, I mean, I mean, I mean be, other than those three, I didn't really con- like I was not considering any other place. Mm-hmm. One perhaps wild card that I think mm. I know gets overlooked because it's not, you already know, right? Is mm. this Hawaii. I think so. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Which work. is halfway to Asia. Like That's Hawaii is like so, yeah. so different, you know, like, like if, like if LA is the mothership, like Hawaii might as well be heaven. Um, <laughs> this is pretty good there, but I don't know, like in terms of the food scene, I wouldn't go to Hawaii for the food scene. Um, yeah. It's just a, just a really beautiful place, and you've got tons of Asians there. It feels very Asian in some ways. It feels like an Asian country. Like it, it's like visiting. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's the PI and AAPI, right? So yeah, it's, it's definitely halfway to Asia for sure. And I mean, the food. When I, I've only been to Honolulu, um, but I mean, the food there is just as good as in LA. And the, you know, you're you maybe not might, you might not get like some esoteric stuff like. I don't know, like uh, Ethiopian food, you know, on every street corner or whatever. But uh, all of the uh, all of the main Asian stuff is there, and obviously tons of Western food as well. A lot of seafood, and, I mean, seafood and stuff, there. and stuff seafood. originates from there too, like like poke and whatever, which is now yeah. super hot. Like I saw poke bowls at Costco today. You know, wow, oh, really? like okay. that's when yeah, you know. like that, well, that transmitted fast because like you know maybe five years ago nobody even knew what the fuck poke was here. How much were the yeah, bowls? I remember they started building out the restaurants. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, about about five years ago, and you know, I'd, I'd only seen it in Hawaii before. Which it's funny, you could buy that at the at the supermarkets in Hawaii for like literally two dollars a pound back when I, back when I first saw it. 
because it was just so it was just Holy so shit. prevalent, you know. Mm-hmm. So instead of going to the de- uh, to the to the butcher counter and seeing you know tons and tons of pork and beef, I mean that stuff was there, but just not as much. It was just mainly fish. <laughs> so you mm. could get pokey for super cheap. And out here in LA, they started building these restaurants where it's like twenty dollars for a few ounces of it. Wow, <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. That's nuts, dude. Twenty bucks. Yeah. What? One thing I haven't, um, one thing I've been hearing a lot about, but I haven't seen myself, is the Texas <clears throat> situation where I think there's like enclaves popping up around Houston. Um, yeah. Have you guys been there and seen what's going on there at all recently? <sighs> a long time ago, but I think I was in like it's called, is it Sugarland in Houston yeah. where the Vietnamese area is or something? Oh, okay. I think it's there. I went and it looks. Um, it looked like, uh, you know, an outpost of LA, I guess it, you know, it, it kind of looked like, I don't know, garden Grove. Yeah. Like orange County. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Nothing too surprising, you know, just strip malls, you know, and a lot of Asian people, rice rockets, uh, fall shops, <laughs> you know, whatever. You, you know, that actually, now that you mentioned rice rockets, that might be one aspect of culture that of like Asian or Asian American culture, I guess <clears throat> that I haven't really seen. So you cut out there again, in New York. And that could, again, just be a function of like who I know. And also I've been spending all my time in Manhattan. Oh, I got cut out again. I've been spending all my yeah. time in Manhattan. So nobody like who's going to drive, but the car, like the car scene in LA and the, the culture around it and how Asian American, like the, the degree to which, um, it's embedded in Asian American culture in California is one thing that I haven't that I haven't been exposed to at least uh, in New York, and I don't frankly I don't expect to see it. But maybe oh, I'm wrong you here. mean like like street racing and shit? Like street racing, but even just like the car culture, you know? Like I mean, yeah, it's, obviously pathetic. Is, it's huh? It's pretty pathetic yeah. here. It does exist. Like you'll see it in Queens. They do. They have like sort of these meetups. Yeah. And everyone brings their souped up cars, but it's a it's a mostly Latino scene, not Asian. Uh-huh. Right. And um they're dealing with like really, really beat up, you know, old civics and <laughs> and uh and Toyotas and stuff, and they're just like, you know, it's 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 a very beat up scene, man. It's very beat yeah, up. So mm-hmm. um so I I have a little bit of insider info on this. Like mm-hmm. so here in LA in the 90, late nineties and early two thousands, um, it was like a huge cultural phenomenon. Hot import um, nights. Yeah, I mean, th- there mm-hmm. was entire industries based on it, right? Yeah. Like yeah. the magazine industry, the car show industry, obviously oh, yeah. the modifications themselves, like me- huge street races that would get put on um, almost every night of the week. Mm-hmm. And um, it it eventually got to the point. And oh, and by the way, this was all an extension of just like earlier SoCal cult, uh, car culture, right? Like the 50s and the 60s and hot rodding and all that stuff. It just just eventually morphed into the, the stuff from the 90s. Right, 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 right. right. It, was, um, it didn't come from nowhere. Yeah, it didn't come out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but eventually it got so bad and these crowds got so big and like people started dying that they had a major, major um, crackdown by yeah. all of, like every single law enforcement agency in the state um, just started um, ticketing, uh, breaking up all of the meats, uh, re, you know, enforcing the smog rules super hard. And they eventually ended up crushing a bunch of cars because they had some law where if you were caught doing a speed contest, which is basically just street racing, yeah, um, 
they would write you up for it and then just crush your car. So Wait, that, did you go to these things? Like you were yeah, part, oh yeah, okay. all the all the time, all the time. Wow, <laughs> damn. Uh, th- I mean, there were like thousands of people on the street, mm-hmm. you know, at the bigger events, and then maybe a few hundred at the smaller. So, did, do you think like uh, you know because they they recreated reenacted some of those types of scenes in like the earlier Fast and Furious movies? Yep. Yeah. yeah number one. Yep. Pretty much looked like that. You think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it wasn't as glitzy as that mm-hmm. but it was just big ass crowds of people and people racing yeah um if you and it's this still happens in some places you can see the videos on youtube like highway uh highway racing and just illegal street racing in general but yeah it was it was like in, it was like at an institutional level in the in the late 90s in california so it just yeah. got really out of hand but so anyways all that stuff died off like after 2004 5 6 mm-hmm. and um but but the kind like the vestigial culture just kind of kept drifting on across America, I think. Yeah. Um, and you know, pe- it eventually just caught up to the rest of America, and you know, there, there's still pockets of it. But but yeah, that stuff is greatly reduced these days. Do you think that's just um, because cars aren't as easily modified nowadays? That's part of it, and also um, the the cops are just really really strict on enforcing laws about street racing now. Oh, okay. um, and the smog laws are extremely strict. Yeah. Um, and also, like, enthusiast cars are just really fast now. You don't really have to <laughs> modify them at all. Yeah, that's <laughs> they're true. Just, they're just fast and good. And, you know, <laughs> they have, like, super high-tech stuff in it and, it, you know, in them. And, yeah, it's, it's, it, they are tougher to modify. So, yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the original, uh, the OEMs just also just started catching up to all of the mods that people were doing, right? Yeah, that's true. Also, yeah. All, all the, all the flash. Yeah, that was the time and... though. That was a, that was a crazy time. Oh yeah, for sure. It was a lot of fun. Yo, you remember that? Who was that YouTuber? The one that has the Asian kid who has like, um, he has like a bunch of cars, high end cars. Like I think he has a Lamborghini and he has a Tesla S like plaid. And then they, there was like a flash meetup and then they, he was the one who like recorded that random guy that had rented a test uh, Model S and jumped that hill in LA. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> like he was flying through the fucking air. Yeah. Did you, with four people in the car. Damn, and, there was four people in the car? Yeah, and they yeah, crashed dude. Jesus. It was fucking crazy. I, he must have gotten like eight, nine feet in the air. Uh, and just, just, I, I was shocked that the car didn't just, like burst into flames because it hit the bottom really hard like where the battery is and i I, it was funny because when i saw that video i was not familiar with that guy and i just started kind of looking at his video and i was like oh did did the did the mod like the car mod import scene like survive oh yeah a lot of it went on like is he still is he still part of that Thing or what is you know There's, yeah so a lot of it went to social media and but then right. like influencers started taking over that scene right so it's not as like it's it's not as i guess fun uh, in diy for, as it used to be yeah it's not as fun in diy i mean these kids are driving around in fucking ferraris and mclarens with like high-end modifications you know yeah yeah it's, exactly it's it's almost more just like um it just like yeah just People with high-end cars. Yeah, people who's got the bigger bankroll. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's just a flex now, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, Also, there was a huge explosion in um, uh, official sanctioned legal 
race events. So um, there was uh, they they started to do runway racing uh, a few years back. So half mile, full mile, drag racing, and um, a lot of the uh, the drag like the, the NHRA drag strip strips opened up to um, to the public for use, and oh, that okay. cut down on, on a lot of the uh, yeah illegal crap that was going on. That makes sense. You know, one one other thing that I can think of. Um, which I don't know if it's honestly, I haven't been to a rave in a long ass time, but when I think about California and Asians or Asian Americans, I definitely think about raving. Like that was a yes. huge scene. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know if I see anything like that here in New York. Like I know there's, I think there's a couple big like EDM festivals here. Yeah. Uh, I remember, I don't know if like COVID killed it off for the last couple of years, but I do remember because I, I'm too old to go to that shit, right? Like I can't, I'm not going to go to an EDM festival, but I remember hey, I, was taking, I was taking the ferry <laughs> and yeah, maybe, maybe I'll follow you to there one day as an anthropological <laughs> thing, but like, uh, I forgot what it was called, but like, it was just all these Asian kids like in their early twenties and stuff. Uh, and they were, they're just like everyone was lining up for this ferry because i was just going home i was just taking the ferry home <laughs> but they were taking it i think to maybe governor's island or so i don't know where they were going um but yeah there was like a there definitely is a major edm festival that attracts a shitload of asian kids here yeah back in the day like back when i was in my 20s i remember going to just these uh kind of homegrown websites and they would just have a giant list of all the raves happening that week and their locations. Yeah. And nice. it would be like pages long. Were these um, exclusively Asian or just mostly Asian? No, they were just, you know, they were open. Like you, you could just buy tickets and go. Um, but I think, yeah, like maybe 60, 70% of the people. Oh, 60, 70%. Were, oh, were Asian. Yeah. We're Asian kids. That's significant. Okay. Yeah. And then like, I mean, that just like in a way, I wonder if that was actually, I don't know where that started, but like, you know, like DC. When I was in college in DC, there definitely were raves um, right. down in DC and Baltimore. It was a huge thing, but it wasn't Asian heavy at all. Like I went once or twice, and it was pretty white from what I remember. Yeah, uh, no, dude, like like drug like, kid white, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like in Persian like kids. Yeah. Kids would hop in their Integras. Race over to the rave, pop some Molly, and then race on back home. You know, oh, like wow. was, they were very, yeah. very intertwined in my experience. You know, yeah, to I, me, I, like as an East Coaster, when I hear that, I just think that that's just the you know just what was going on in America, but in California, it was just Asian dominated. It, it, I don't see it as like I don't see raves as anything specific to Asians because we had so many ourselves, but they just weren't Asian. That I think like. When I heard heard about that, I was like, "Oh, it's just part of the rave scene, but it's just very Asian." I never thought of it like, "Oh, from the West Coast perspective, it was like almost owned by Asians, where they were like, oh, this is our thing." Hmm. I didn't think of it that way, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't I, say it's it wasn't, our thing. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't say it was like we. I mean, look, I, I was way less involved in that scene than uh, the the car stuff. Um, but mm -hmm. the few times that I went, uh, you know, I mean, it was, it was, I would say majority Asian, but there were also a lot of other people's people there and there wasn't any kind of like 
yo, this is our thing, or there was no defensiveness or ownership sense, you know. I mean, if, I mean, dude, everyone's there to have a great time and like get high, right? So, <laughs> so well, I didn't very, mean that in a negative way. I didn't mean it in like a defensive way, but almost like an assumption, like that that that's what Asian kids like. Like this is the Asian. Like if you want to party, if you want to see how Asian youth do it, like you you know go to the raves. Whereas in Oh, yeah, Coast, I don't sure. think there was any sense like that's what Asians did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I, I'd probably say that the best way to describe it is it was an Asian stereotype. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Like that's not the case on the East Coast, right? <laughs> right even though right. these things existed. Right. Um, so that's what difference. I mean, even look at um, – do you remember uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle? And there's yeah, the – there's like that – um, there's that Asian girl and, and like she's like kind of trying to talk to Harold, but he kind of like turns her down. And then later, it turns out uh, they're like throwing this fat party, and it's basically a rave in the dorm or something like that. <laughs> yeah, what a great movie! I, you know, that's fun because they were in New Jersey <laughs> in that one, right? Yeah, that's it's kind of interesting, right? I'm realizing that now, but I think I went. I when did we talk about this? But you were saying like when you guys had parties in was it was it Riverside or where, wherever you were? You guys used to party in college, like. Like you said, oh, we like owned the building. Like we basically took over the building and took like the people at the front that were, you know, handling entrance were Asian. The people in the like security was Asian, like everyone was Asian. Yeah. And you were mentioning that. And I think that is kind of what was lacking in the East Coast was just the critical numbers for Asian and for whatever reason to be able and go out and just like sort of dominate uh their own scene like we were always uh in terms of like going out clubbing or uh going to concerts uh, any sort of like public gathering like you were asians were always the minority mm-hmm. like you were just kind of amazed to see asian people there you know yeah uh, but there was no thing where it was like a asian dominated thing Except for maybe like nine man volleyball, you know, <laughs> like that, you know okay. that, that that was like, uh, yeah, the Asian thing. Like there was no like massive, you know, import car tuner get togethers, and there was no like Asian EDM festivals or anything like that. And I, yeah, that's definitely unique to the West Coast for sure. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I'd be I'd be curious to see. I mean, all this stuff is from from my memory, right? This was almost 20 years ago, not possibly even longer. So I'd be interested to see or hear from some younger folks how how the things are these days. But but yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that the demographics have changed that much. I think the you know that the the newer enclaves in Texas, et cetera, must be popping up, and I'm sure they're developing their own versions of all this stuff. But but yeah, I'd be I'd be interested to know the difference today. I mean, do they even have like underground scenes these days or is it all, is it just what I see, which is like a lot of people on online, like TikTok and social media and the underground scenes are underground websites, you know, <laughs> and then, um, I don't know, ratchet Asian girls on OnlyFans, like the girls gone wireless, <laughs> you know, like that kind of <laughs> thing, which is super fast. Oh, by the way, uh, recommendation, uh, podcast rec, which I rarely ever do. Cause most Asian podcasts suck except for ours, but, uh, girls gone wireless <laughs> is really good. Worth checking out. Um, but yeah, you do you know what I mean. Like, do people even do real life shit anymore? Or is it just like all, online? I mean, I think there are, I think, oh, go ahead. 
Uh, just I'm just gonna say there are like underground scenes definitely do exist, but the the scenes themselves have changed, right? Like it's not around the same special interest as it used to be. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But yeah, I mean, but the trend seems to be like online, like stuff is happening online. It's like virtual. I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's there's some things you really can't do online. You know, mm-hmm. you're gonna yeah. have to go find every, other people. It's, it's very wholesome now. If people are like, I'm gonna go climb. I'm gonna go to the climbing gym. I'm gonna go to the gym. There's a lot of like fitness these days. Yeah, there's a lot of like more wholesome activities and shit. Because you can, because you can do fitness, right? Like, yeah, without the whole co- without as much COVID worry. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah, and it's also very legal. Yeah. <laughs> Street racing and taking drugs is not exactly uh, <laughs> no, it's not legal. Yeah, it's not. I don't know, man. It's nice to just talk about regionality because, like, I don't know. Uh, the, okay, I will say this, right? Uh, I love LA, but I find that Asians in Los Angeles are like aggressively arrogant about LA <laughs> like the one thing LA people love to tell you is that they don't like your city <laughs> and they, they don't understand how anybody particularly an Asian could survive much less choose to live there <laughs> Yeah, I, I get that, that a lot not as much from Northern Californians right like not as much from Bay Area Californians but LA Asians love to tell you that they don't understand why you're living where you are. <laughs> Do you get that because you're from New York though? Because of the, the two big no. sometimes. No? Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't think so. As a as a as a San Franciscan who went down to SoCal dude, I would agree with Teen. Oh, but dang. also it's kinda like bunch of assholes down here. Huh? There's a bunch of assholes down here. <laughs> well I mean but also at the same time, like at, at least let's just take it from like a Korean perspective, right? Like you could go to K-Town. K-Town is basically the Mecca. Like if you wanted to be an Asian area, why would you not pick LA, right? Like San Francisco, the Bay Area, like there are pockets, but it's nowhere near on the same level, especially for Koreans. Like I don't think, I don't think there's like a really big central Korean community anywhere. Um, compared to compared to LA, right? And like even if you're Chinese, like you might want to go to SGV. Like you don't have to speak English at all if you don't want to in LA. Oh, yeah. Okay, I get that. Yeah, for sure. So from from the enclave point of view, not like me who grew up in the suburbs and I like travel. I don't really have any hatred for any any place on earth really. Um but but from an enclave point of view, it might just be the level of comfort and familiarity with that sort of environment is just comes out as why would you live anywhere else? Yeah, it's like it's like we've you've got everything you could possibly want here if you want to be just immersed in an, in as close to an Asian lifestyle as you can, right. um, or at least community, I should say. I don't know about lifestyle, but community. Yeah, dude, R- Southern yeah, California yeah. is the place to be. Yeah. See, okay, so for me, as I've been in New York for twenty plus years, I'm very identified with like, New York, I guess. But like you know, I don't really, I don't really advertise. I, like I, I'll never, 
you know, tell someone like, yo, why, why the fuck are you living here? Like, why aren't you in New York? New York's the place, you know, like I, I, I know New York's not for everyone. You know, I don't claim to think that this is the best place on earth. But like um, when I do hear Enclave Asians from SoCal just sort of like reflexively kind of shit on like everywhere else, it, they kind of sound like hobbits to me. You know, <laughs> where I'm like, I know you left the Shire, you know, and and like it's 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 rough not getting your second breakfast of kanji. <laughs> uh, you know, I know it's hard, you know, but like this is the real world, you know. <laughs> There's a bubble. I think the thing that can happen in SoCal, I guess what I'm saying is, um, and there, you know, SoCal's a big place, right, uh, Mike? So there's people inside and outside this bubble, but yeah, uh, maybe you can observe this directly being in SoCal, but like there, there does seem to be um, uh, a SoCal mega enclave bubble mentality. And maybe that's what I'm picking up on when people are like that, where they're, 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 <laughs> hate to say this it's sort of reversing the condescension so why not they're they're almost like small town americans that come into the city and just start complaining immediately about how, how <laughs> everything's not the same you know like it's kind of yeah, that's well, kind of how i feel when they're like that i i think that makes a lot of sense um uh-huh. i mean even i mean there, there's a trope about mexican food being impossible to find in other cities right yes which is, <laughs> which is no longer true because mexicans are fanned out across the country and are fixing that problem. But, um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I totally get it. Like you, you just show up somewhere and you just start complaining because it's not exactly like home, which is. I do yeah. miss, I, I still haven't found a satisfying Mexican joint here. I'll be honest. <laughs> You're going to come out, come out to uh, Corona and Jackson Heights where I live. We'll go out. There's, there's like all sorts of like night there's you can go to you can go to the trucks you go to the restaurants there's a lot of shit there's, you can All get right, some in the street i'm looking forward yeah. to it yeah come out anytime you want you know yeah, got beer tacos like you might have had back yes. in the west coast yeah 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 yeah, yeah I, I was in uh, jackson heights i think once back i think it was 10 12 years ago and the density of the restaurants is just on another level it's crazy there's it's like every every few doors is another restaurant it's kind of nuts and there's like micro restaurants. There's about restaurants that with like three tables, yeah, and you know, like stuff like that. And they and it's just some like a northern Thai place, and then yeah, or like or like restaurants attached to stores that sell luggage and stuff yeah, like that. Yes, yeah, you yeah. Know, like, did you stuff. did you find that? Did you ever go to that? So a lot of people end up going to this. Um, I think it's a Tibetan restaurant that's like in the back of a cell phone shop. <laughs> you go like a, like, I didn't go to like that one. <laughs> half of it's a head shop and half of it's a cell phone shop, and then you go to the back, and there's a little cap, like a tiny little cafeteria, and it's all Tibetan food, um, stuff That's like awesome. that. Yeah. No way. Is it good? I mean, I assume it's good if you're talking about. It. Yeah, I'll take you there, man. I, if it's still open, I think I'm pretty sure it's still open because um, it's so, cool. so popular. Shit like that's yeah, why I out. came to New York. Oh, okay, yeah, man. Then you got it. Here's the thing, man. Uh, in New York, and this is this this I think I feel very strongly about, is that um, that Queens is the most underrated uh, borough, not just in New York City, but like in the national consciousness of New York City. That there's there's a lot going on in Queens, especially for that would interest people that like are into either Asian food or Mexican food or whatever like you're living in a little cross section of 
like virtually all of Asia. Huh. Like the like the thing with Queens is like Dude, you got you have to. I've you know you've been out with me in Elmhurst. Like I've taken you out to eat skewers here or whatever. You yeah. stayed here with me, but we didn't really go out that much into the neighborhood. But like, um, you're talking about like there's Thai restaurants that are like for Thai people. There's Filipino restaurants. There's Tibetan restaurants. Nepalese, Bangladeshi, Korean, Chinese, Malaysian, Taiwanese. I'm just thinking, like out loud. There's there's uh, three Vietnamese pho shops that like have just om- opened up here. Um, nice. Yeah, it's like, like it's, it's like you took it's like you took all of New York or excuse me, all of L.A. and then squished it down into one fifth of New York. Wow. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And and it's just, it's just super dense, and it probably doesn't have in sort of like total number quite the of. I don't know, but I'm good at guess that it, you know, it's just too small of an area to make up for in density. But the uh-huh. density itself is interesting, if that makes sense. Like yeah. just the just the sheer like number of restaurants that can fit within a four block zone is quite astounding. Uh, and then, so what happens with New York? I think that you can't find as easily on the West Coast is like bonafide city street life. Yeah. And right. and that's something that I think is very uh I think that's why a lot of people like Asia, like a lot of Asians. I know I felt this yeah. way when I first went back to Taiwan was like, "Whoa, this is like a city." Yeah. You know, like there this yeah. is like street like nightlife, you know. Like yeah. the a- yeah. like the yeah. alleys are where all the action happens. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just so full of like business and like life right every nook and cranny is occupied by someone hawking something right so it's nuts and that just blew my mind as a kid when i saw that because i'm from the fucking burbs (laughs) and you know like i go outside and it's literally crickets uh and bushes and just darkness i had a serial killer running around my backyard for real (laughs) like that's how i grew up you know and i i didn't know that my cousins were basically living in a totally different universe and it blew my mind and i think new york and my neighborhood in particular is the only place i've ever been to in america that actually has that feeling right yeah so uh, Mm -hmm. what so we have like we're going to shut down this street for one day this summer and try to replicate that for 24 hours. <laughs> that, it doesn't like, work. Yeah. The, uh, the night market. Like we actually have that too. We have a, we, yeah, yeah. We do the same. same thing over in like, um, Corona park and it's not the same at all. No, it's, it feels more like a carnival. Yes. Yeah. It's not the same. Although I will say the, the farmer's markets that we have here, which are three days a week and are nice. Um, or you know, it's the closest we can come, but that but that's pretty much it. Yeah. So when I said earlier about like when I was talking about LA, right, and enclaves, and you know, I, I kind of corrected myself when I said Asian lifestyle. It's because the like when I'm when I'm talking about like this is why I came here or where I came to New York is it's not necessarily. I mean, what what you like described over in your neighborhood and in Queens in general sounds awesome. I'd love to check it out. But what I meant by that really was the density and the ways in which you can discover something new on a block that you've gone over hundreds of times because it's right, that dense. Right. 
which is something yeah, that right. LA does not have. I mean, maybe in the sense that it's so vast, you you may not have visited every area, but the idea of something hiding under your nose, right? Or right, like right, right. something hiding just above eyeline. That kind of yeah. experience doesn't really happen as much in LA, I think, compared to it's, New York, where yeah, it's maybe all in the center of downtown, but not, but not to the same level. Yeah, um, and that's something that I associate very highly with Asia. Um, certainly, Seoul. Yes, and I I think out of all the places in New York City, and I've lived in Manhattan, Brooklyn, and now Queens. And I would say that it exists uh, in all three boroughs, but in an Asian sense, really only in Manhattan, in Chinatown, K-Town, uh, St. Mark's to, to an extent, but only, uh-huh. yeah, that, I mean, that area is, blow, is blown up with a lot of Asian stuff too. St. Mark's, East Village, yeah. Yeah. Lower East Side. Uh, you get a lot of Asian stuff that is b- both like int- like interesting to Asian people and to like non Asian, but uh-huh. you get you know it's it, it's interesting. It's like a good enough to draw in like an international Asian crowd. Um, yeah. but then I think yeah, Elmhurst, Jackson Heights, Corona take it to a whole nother level, and it's like interspersed with a lot of like mexican latino cool uh, uh at the same at the same thing going on yeah and indian it's crazy dude it's fucking oh. it's cr- it's absolutely yeah. nuts like it's the, pretty mind-blowing yeah I, i've I lived just, here for like several years and i it still kind of blows my mind when i walk by um like this one area that's like very indian it has a very famous the jackson diner that very famous restaurant and when you uh-huh. walk there it's like dude at night it feels like you're in India. It's like, you know, jewelry, gold jewelry shops. They've got music blasting. The street is fucking packed. Uh, it's bright as hell. There's sari shops. There's sweets shops. And then, like you said, it's that like nested density of like, yeah, there's a restaurant behind that cell phone shop. <laughs> you yeah. know, there's, you know, whatever. Or like literally like someone selling. Sh- it's just a window with someone selling from the window like you can't even go inside the store yeah that kind of thing it's crazy um yeah 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 i'll take you out there man uh we should definitely hang out there and and take a tour at night yeah jackson heights is one of the uh jackson heights is one of the things i most vividly remember out of like my countless trips to new york just doing anything yeah Um, you got good taste man (laughs) (laughs) yeah well the food is good that's why that's that's all i know (laughs) is the food (laughs) yeah 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 man this um, is so much more fun than like the typical west coast has boba and east coast got white people <laughs> you know <laughs> west coast you got a lot of asian people east coast you're gonna be the only asian person in the room i think that's such a <laughs> i'm like i don't know man yeah, west coast can be pretty yeah. white too east coast can be yeah. very multicultural yeah, it too. It's, it, it just depends on where you are you can't it's just too it's just too big a level to 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 pass any sort of like real observation about what an East coaster is or what a West coaster is. It's yeah. just too big. I mean, even, so. you know, like Cupertino might have a lot of Asians now, but it's still very white to me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, I mean, it's, it's like a, 
it's a white suburb filled with Chinese people, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, which is the, the it is the sort of like overall pattern. I've seen. Like I went out to, what's that, play, Roland Heights to go visit some friends. Yeah. And I was like, um, and this is Maryland. See, this isn't just California. This is like suburban Maryland too. But it looks like any old white suburb but then like every you, i stop at like a red light with like intersection like cars everywhere and i look and it's like all asian people in the cars yeah <laughs> and then you know you go to like a place like gaithersburg maryland which is like um no one outside of that area knows what gaithersburg maryland is but it looks like a completely white sort of vint almost vintage suburb you know like um totally unremarkable and you go to the costco there and I used to think, like, you know, if you just drop me into the store and just guess, like, if you just took the people in the store and then put them in a room and then I walked into that room and, and these were the local people and I had to guess where I was in the world, I'd probably guess Singapore. Because it's, like, mostly oh. East Asian and then, like, a good chunk of, like, South Asian. Yeah. The occasional, like, black immigrant from, like, West Africa or the Caribbean. Right, right. And then, like, some white people you know but otherwise it's like indistinguishable from like a white suburb <laughs> huh. yeah it's very interesting um speaking of white suburbs uh you mentioned last night on the chat that like dudes asian dudes from michigan come out a certain way like uh, i've always wondered what what what, what 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 were the differences that you saw or that you see in in folks who grew up in like upper midwest type areas? they're very attuned to anti-asian racism like right. they're the ones that are always uh when I first went on Asian Reddit, which is where I started getting kind of like into all this shit, like podcasting and stuff, uh, there was this guy, uh Albert Herr, who was from Michigan, and he was like the Korean Jesus guy on like Reddit. And he was like <laughs> he was like Korean Malcolm X guy, you know, just like writing all these screeds about how, you know, Asians are like the sort of you know undergoing like almost like a genocidal level of racism and stuff and i remember reading it and i'm like okay look i can't disagree with this guy he's making solid points and then he was from michigan and and then it reminded me because i know i know this guy frank Wu. he i uh he's a i don't know if you guys know that name but he like yeah was one of the first like really prominent asian american scholars to um uh, you know, write books and just build a academic career out of a legal career, a legal academic career out of talking about anti Asian racism. He's from Detroit, and then I had him at Columbia. He was like, I took a seminar because he was a visiting prof there, and uh, and then he started talking about Vincent Chin as the sort of like motivating event in his life, and I was like, oh shit, that's Detroit, you know. And then uh, we just did a pod with this guy Kyle who I know from Twitter and he's from Michigan and he has just a certain sort of quality to him that you, I just don't think that you can find really on either coast. Yeah. They're just, I don't know. There's something they're more, they're like more American, like Kyle. I don't know if you've guys heard that pod, but like Kyle is to me like very like American. I mean, he's adopted. That's part of it too. But like, He's like this American guy who is like, who can kind of deal at like 
sort of like a like a I don't know how to put it, but almost almost like a like a thuggy white guy level. I don't <laughs> you know like right 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 right. But, but but at the same time, they're completely not whitewashed. They're like hyper aware of their racial status. So they're in a way even more Asian than like a lot of like coastal Asians right? Like who us. claim sometimes Ooh. to not see race, you know? So I'm super fascinated by that. And I, and I said that because of Vincent Chin and just sort of like the sort of overall hostility that you find against Asians in a place like Detroit, that to me and to a lot of other coastal Asians that kind of have some awareness about this kind of history, that Detroit is kind of like the deep South for Asians. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. I've heard you say that before. I don't know how fair there's that also is. A lot but... of, uh, there's also a lot of animosity. I, I believe it's in Wisconsin between the, yeah, the, the Hmong immigrants and mm-hmm. like white, white people in general. I think that's I in Detroit too. The Hmong. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did, did you guys ever hear about this hunter guy that like yes. apparently wandered onto somebody else's property or something Vong, and then i forgot his name it was like vong something uh yeah it started with a v and he just um, shot he just shot him like all of, yeah he like he just killed dessert. seven wow. he just killed seven of these people that were like you know i mean at this point nobody knows what really happened but um i mean i can guess what happened <laughs> which is pretty obvious you know they started harassing the shit out of him and he just he lost Probably it. Just shot them all. Yeah. You know, it was crazy because there. If you I, if you watched it, you remember there was like a scene in the courtroom where they went through each of the seven victims and they asked them like, "Did this person deserve to die? Did this person deserve to die?" Oh, Jesus. And he was. He, they read the first name, and he like he sat there on the stand and he thought about it. And he was like, "Yeah, he deserved to die." And then they. <laughs> yeah. And then oh the God. second one, he thought about it. He's like, "Oh yeah, no, he definitely deserved to die." And then the third one, whoever the name was, he thought about it. He was like. No, I regret that one. You know, like, yeah, I was like, like, "Holy shit, this guy doesn't give a shit. fuck." Oh my god, you know what is going dude. on? Jesus it's a Christ. different level. And when I say it's the deep south of like Asians, like I think, and that being a uh, an analogy to I think Black Americans viewing the deep south as yeah. sort of like you know their sunken place, right? Just the deep north. Yeah, yeah, the deep yeah. middle. Yeah, exactly. The like deep, deep in the north. belly of the beast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, you know, a lot of the toughest-minded and toughest-bodied black Americans come from the Deep South. You know, like, they're they're the ones that really know that history and understand, in a way, American society in a way that coastal people don't may, may have the privilege of not really having to contend with on a day-to-day basis. And so my theory is that if there is something to my idea that or my notion that Michigan and Detroit in particular is sort of the heart of the deep South for Asians, the deep North, that that's why you're seeing people like Frank Wu and, you know, come out of Detroit. I don't know. I just don't have many examples to really like establish that this is a thing. And I don't like using Albert Hur's examples because it's a little bit crazy, but like, yeah. um, but it is kind of there like little bits of that are starting to pop up for me to be like, right. you know, that might be the case. And no. you get really marginalized communities like the Hmong and you get a lot of adopted uh, Koreans in there, in that area mm-hmm. who suffer a shitload of racism. Uh, so, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it seems like the, uh, the crucible and the forge analogy would be apt, right? Like, yes, I think so. You're, you're going to get burned down and then you're going to go into the forge and you're either going to get, forged into something strong or just shatter into a, into a million pieces 
Yeah. See, that I mean, might be the thing. Like, I don't know how many people are making it out of there. You know, yeah. Like, it's it's a it's a tough environment. I mean, I I can only imagine how tough that kind of environment is to grow grow into. Grow yeah, into. I don't know if you read about the the. I think she was Hmong, uh, Ely. Like, she got like raped and murdered by a bunch of like teenagers in like Milwaukee. I think. She's oh, fucking savage, man. Just like fuck, it was like a lynching. Like they were just calling her chinkor and stuff as they killed her. Like, wow. I mean, that shit to me. When I read that, I get very traumatized by that stuff, you know. But like, that's what I mean. I'm like, holy shit! Like that's what they do to Asians in fucking Milwaukee. Like, like New York City is bad. Like things happen to us here, but like we have a community. We have like you know, organizations. We fight back, you know. Like, but there, it seemed like nobody really it just fucking happens. This is really on is your that- own. Is that trial like ongoing? That was recent, right? Uh, n- yeah. I mean, it was like um, yeah. It, it it was recent enough for Jonathan Chang to have drawn her picture. You know, uh, right, right. if you know what I'm talking about, those cartoon yeah. pictures or yep, whatever. in Times Square or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, see, that's what I mean. Is like I don't know the West Coast East Coast thing. I think it's fun to compare at some points, but I think we have let it dominate. Uh, like the way Asian people talk to each other, where we're always constantly only comparing LA or New York, LA or New York, you know? And it's like, to be honest, it's really not that big a difference. You could just, I honestly, I think you could flip a coin and it would be fine. (laughs) Um, Shit. I mean, people who have the skills to have a job in New York can easily transfer to LA or vice versa. It's not, you know, yeah, and, yeah. And they're both eye-wateringly expensive and you get fucked either way. I mean, like I said, you know, we know like Schumer and Pelosi are definitely fucking. That's that that's what I think. Like they're <laughs> like the, 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 the New York and 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 LA represent almost the same thing. But there's like Asians now in Texas, like in the south. I saw Asians moving like a lot down to florida there's asians in um north carolina there's asians in uh chicago and fucking detroit and milwaukee even that just completely get left left out of that you know oh new york or west or california thing that um is i don't know kind of sucks if you ask me so yeah, well, I mean, I think um, as these other enclaves to continue to develop, I mean, you know, they're they're gonna start showing up and um, you know, in in culture and media and just getting more um, attention. I, again, I think you know, like like how we started this conversation, Cupertino flipped in a decade, so it's um, I th- I think in the next few years we'll we'll start to see a lot of this influence start showing up and in the discourse yeah and i want to see how they're different you know um fucking like libertarian vietnamese people in texas i don't know you know just like just very just different kinds of people you know with different just different yeah for sure being being outside the 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 bu- outside the bubble as it were anyway uh all right that was like uh sort of a fun fun talk about this <laughs> this is like i'm just thinking about this fucking west coast or east coast video that the Wong, that the fung bros did <laughs> it was literally like pros for the west coast there are a lot of hot asian girls uh you know like 
pros for the East Coast. Like, um, like there's a lot of jobs, you know? Wow. <laughs> Fuck, man. This sucks. I don't know. Not to knock on their not to knock on their thing, but uh yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh Jung, uh okay, so uh to close it out, uh are you you so well, let me think of a like a question to close with here. Um do you, do you do you get it? Do you get the joys of living here, or do you see? And I think this happens to a lot of New Yorkers, right? Uh, people who come to New York is it's almost like college. It's like I'm going to go there. I'm going to spend. I'm going to cut my teeth. You know, I'm going to come away and with the New York badge, but then uh-huh. I'm getting the fuck out because <laughs> I need I need some like you know constant sun and I can't deal with this shit. I, I don't know yet. You know, I think it's been a short enough period of time where everything's still new, right? So everything's shiny and there's always going to be some fun and excitement there. I think, I think I'd have to stick around a little bit longer to know for sure. If I had to make a decision decision right now, I honestly probably am leaning towards um, the whole college, your college metaphor, but that's just because I don't know, right? Like, I don't know how I'm going to feel after one year, after two years, after three years and so on. But, and I, another thing, like I'm not a hundred percent sure if I know what you're referring to as like the joys of living in New York, but I will say that there are things that I enjoy about New York that I don't think I'll find in, in other places of, of the United States at least. And for that reason, I could see making a case for for staying here long term. I do miss the weather, man. I do miss the weather, though. But um, there's a lot of other fun things, and like, I like chaos. I like, you know, like even though I grew up in the East Bay, people in, in San Francisco would always say would always think that I'm a city person. And yeah. dude, like, I come to New York, and like everything's so busy. Everything's moving around. There's so much going on. It, I, I felt at home. Let's just put it that way. I feel I don't, I don't feel out of sorts here. I feel very comfortable. My prediction is like three years. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I think we'll three see. years. I think three years, and then what happens is you realize like New York's actually not that big, and there's not that much to do. You've exhausted it. Even though you can't do everything, you have an idea of what the stuff you haven't done is going to be like anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then after three years, you realize like, oh, you've pretty much done it. But then and, the, uh-huh. and then it's hard. It's, it is a hard place to set down roots, in my opinion. Like it took me a long time to set because I, I considered moving out to California after uh, law school yeah. uh, to, North, to, to the Bay Area. And I don't know why I just couldn't. I just here's the thing I really hated about California. Uh and I and I get I get this in LA a lot too. This is my thing that I really fucking hate about California. Is like it's expensive as shit, right? And yeah. you, so you gotta hustle to like live there. Yeah. But in California, it looks bad, I feel. And you correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not like a good look to be hustling too hard. Like they really value looking just chill, like bro. life. Yeah, they're like everyone's telling me to chill all the time when I'm there, you know, and <laughs> everyone's like telling me relax and like, you know, whatever. And I'm like, but 
but you, it, this is a hustle town, you know, like yeah. all of you are hustling. I know this, but you have to hustle and look like you're not really breaking a sweat doing it. And I, and I, I find that betrays the promise of California, which is that you don't have to worry. You're not, you don't have to be self-conscious. You just like, just fucking just chill. Yeah. But I actually find that I, I, I myself, this could be very unique to me. I don't know whether this is something that you guys, either of you Californians know what the fuck I'm talking about, but it, it, it is hard work looking like you're not doing work. <laughs> Does that make sense at all? Yeah, um, definitely. Sometimes it's hard, like, hard to relax. I mean, you know, the, the metaphor of the duck comes to mind, right? The uh-huh. duck looks like he's just floating on the water, but underneath. <laughs> Yes, pad- paddling like hell. He's got these giant web feet, and he's like yeah. kicking. Yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's a great metaphor. Yeah, and I, I, I think um, smartphones have actually broken the uh, the illusion a little bit in LA because now you see exactly when somebody is hustling. <laughs> right. Right. Yes. <laughs> they're standing around typing furiously into their phone. It's like they're not they're not texting with their friends. They're they're trying to get some some shit done. Right. Yeah, like I remember because I was visiting. I, I stayed with a friend in in West LA, uh, um, and the, during the week, you know, like I was just sort of by myself. My friend was doing some work shit, and then I went to I think it was like a Whole Foods or something nearby to get lunch after I just worked out. And I went to the gym and I just did my just like just very like unsophisticated grunty workout. <laughs> And I was wearing very like shitty clothes, you know, like like dad gym wear, and I was drenched in sweat. And so I went to, you know, I worked out. So I went in my sweaty work clothes to Whole Foods, and it I really felt like I broke a rule. <laughs> you know, like people were looking at me like, "Yo, this dude needs to what the fuck is going on with this guy?" Because I didn't realize like you can't look like you you can wear workout clothes, but first they got to be nice. Can't, you can't just yeah. roll up in your <laughs> shitty t-shirt and sweatpants or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Uh, and you can't be sweaty. Like, you got to look good. Like, you look oh. like shit, you know? Yeah, girls girls wear makeup to the gym here, man. It's kind of weird. Yeah, like, it was hard work. But on the other <laughs> hand, it, you know, you could claim that everyone was just living life of leisure because they were, they were in their athleisure wear. Whereas in New York, apparently, I'd be wearing a suit and, yeah. you know, my, you know, and, and, um, business attire so they're more relaxed but i'm like actually this is even harder work you know what i mean like that's funny uh, and then i sat down to eat lunch and then it's the middle of the day and everyone looks so chill in their athleisure but then i was hearing what they were saying because i was by myself and they were all asking stuff like yo if i post that on my insta then could i get could i also get a mention on yours and then we can maybe do this thing and they were talking about like a real estate deal you know and then i was like oh i see what's going on here this is actually a business lunch yeah. You all aren't friends. This is this is a fucking business lunch. Oh yeah, no, they're, they're trying to suit. they're trying to make money for sure. Yeah. yeah, so I'm like, okay, so I should think of myself not on vacation with people who don't really give a fuck about what's going on. These this is like the West Coast Midtown Manhattan, and they're doing this is a business lunch, and I'm the I look like a homeless guy. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's avoiding the shit out of me, you know. Like, oh, I am not reading the codes right. So what I'm saying is, this is what I hate about California: is I didn't understand it. I didn't understand. I believed what people said about it that it's so relaxed and it's all good vibes. And you know, no, I'm like, shit. L.A. is full of hustlers too. It's a, it's a hustle town, is it not? Am I wrong? Oh yeah, for sure. Again, it's a it's a it's a land of opportunity for for transplants, right? So everyone is 
everyone's trying to get something done. But, but yeah, I mean, that's just the, uh, the West coast dress code, I guess, you know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta look fit and smart. Yeah. I thought those ABGs on social media, they look like they're just living their best lives. Turns out that's actually their job. Like I met, I met girls who were like legit getting their income from real estate deals. Like this is their job. They're full on real estate agents. But if you were to just know them online, you would just see them as social media influencers. Right. Yeah. So it's it's just a, a whole I was like, wow, man, in a way, I'm very behind the times. Like I, I come out here. I'm like, oh, this it's I, I got to recalibrate my understanding of like business and leisure. It's different out there, you know. So, well, yeah. if, you, if you come visit me, I'm more than happy to wear ratty T-shirts and. Oh, we'll be like two homeless dudes. Just <laughs> yeah, we'll just be two bums out at lunch. Yes, with the uh, with the movers and the shakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you've transcended them. You see, uh, you're yeah, the local exactly. guy that has transcended the fucking hustle and are laughing at them, <laughs> and, maybe, and their clueless maybe, maybe. their cluelessness as to who you really are. Maybe for a couple of years, at least, until I have to get a job. Until you, <laughs> until you have to get right back on the fucking bus. Yeah. Oh God. You know, you know, it's kind of interesting. On that note, though, like as a Californian here in New York. Uh, it's been interesting to feel like I'm way too casual. I think in uh, New York, really? Yeah, in New York. You feel yeah. that way? Uh, I don't know. I mean, people seem to call it out because I don't know about call it out, but they note it. Like they mention it. Like I remember going to a networking event, and uh, some guy was just like, I-, "I think I mentioned that I'm, you know, like I just came from California." He's like, "Oh yeah, I knew." And I was like, "Oh, like just out of curiosity, <laughs> what, like, how, like what?" gave you that idea he's like well for starters you're the only one in guy, like you're the only guy in here wearing a t-shirt and i was just <laughs> i was just wearing pants i was just wearing like jeans and a t-shirt basically right which is oh was this an asian like young professional networking thing it was it was yeah professional networking thing oh, so yeah for they, sure, they like, like to i'm sure they like to dress up a little bit for those things yeah at least a sport coat you know or like a, mm-hmm. a nice sweater or whatever yeah um, and then another thing is like you know, I don't know. For me, maybe this is less of a thing in San Francisco and in the Bay Area, but a SoCal thing for sure is like either board shorts or shorts of some kind and sandals. All right, and like they could be slides, they could be flip flops, whatever. But if it's an, if it's a warm day, dude, you just go outside in that. Like a t shorts. Yeah, that's t-shirt. what I'm wearing literally right now. Yeah, dude, it's hella comfortable. <laughs> like, why would you do anything otherwise? But then I think. Uh, like I made a friend over here in uh, at a climbing gym, and I like was like putting on my flip flops, and she was like, "Oh yeah, you would wear flip flops." I'm like, what, <laughs> what is that? Mean? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was gonna ask you. I was like, "Yeah, what, would like, <laughs> like what does that mean?" Um, and she like I was like articulate it, and she was like, "I can't, but it's very on brand for you." And yeah, I, I can like, see that. Is that just like a stereotype? Oh, because you were okay, because you were changing out of your like your climbing gear and then getting ready to go home, and then you were flip. You're gonna flip flop at home. Uh, I mean, well, to be honest, that day I did have sneakers, and I would have changed into sneakers. But yeah, I do. I, I do flip flop at home or to okay. the gym. You know, like if it's like right. a warm day, um, it just feels good, but, dude. Okay, but out. like. Mike, you live in – I don't know how you feel about this flip-flop issue, but you – see, this is my question. Is like you live in Santa Monica, right? Uh, yeah. And I've been to Santa <laughs> Monica. It, beach. <laughs> no, but Santa Monica is also like a city environment, you know? It is, yeah. 
And like, I live in a city environment, and I don't like going outside with my flip flops because I don't know what the fuck is on the ground, man. There's like broken glass and dog shit everywhere. Like, I need feet protection. You know what I mean? I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's not that bad out here, but I mean, I. So I mean, y- yeah, you have to have good sandals. You can't have like drugstore, like you know, super cheap sandals. But yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I just cruise around. Also, like, also we drive a lot, right? So we're not walking miles. It's <clears throat> like I'll get in my car, drive a couple of miles, and then walk a few hundred feet, right? And then walk right, back right. to my car. So it's yeah. There's not actually a lot of walking involved. I, that's true. Y'all are car driven. Yeah, yeah, I will say, Jong, that I think wearing flip flops in New York is is a bit strange because <laughs> yeah, it's I just mean, very like exposed, man. You know, like the feet. Is. Like New York is very hazardous to the feet, you know. Like it's toxic and sharp, and it's just it's it's a it's a it's a fucking hazard. It's a it's an obstacle course for the feet. It's a safety issue. Yeah. It's I a mean, safety I might issue. Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I might just be really risk averse or uh, risk tolerant rather. But also, to be <laughs> fair, to be fair, this is Williamsburg. Like in Manhattan, I understand, and I, I'm mm-hmm. definitely less prone to wear sandals or flip flops. I would not be taking the subway, for example. Wearing flip flops. Infl- See, that's an example. Do not yeah. go in the New York City subway with flip flops. That's no, no, are you crazy? Right. That's, that's horrifying. But if, but if I'm walking a mile from my apartment to the gym, you know, like that's, doable, doable. Yes, yeah. it's very doable. I'm but not we, crazy. But that's the point. Is like we never know, like when we're going to get routed. We're going to get a call, and suddenly we change directions, and now we're in the subway. You know, yeah, on a bus or whatever. Run for, God, run for right. Godzilla or something. Yeah, so it's just, I think it is the case. I other New Yorkers may not agree, but I it, it is not an op, it is not an outdoor footwear. <laughs> it's just not that way. Yeah, we'll see who's, I mean, we'll see who's laughing last and when the summer comes. It, I would feel like wearing it's like wearing PJ <laughs> pants out. You could do it, it's just kind of weird. It's not against the rules, but it is strange that you were doing it. I do that too. PJ pants? At yeah. Night. Yeah, at night. <laughs> Like when I'm when I'm going to the store or whatever, <laughs> fucking cold in there, man. I want to be warm. Uh, for you, it's a flex though. At this point, <laughs> you're not. You know, as long as you're not like you're not Lebowski writing a check for milk. You know, no, no, no not on. yet. Anyways, <laughs> it's a countdown. <laughs> oh man! All right, uh, all right. So we're nearing an hour thirty. I don't want to keep you guys too long, but that was that was a fun yep. chat. Um, all right, we'll just call it there. Sound good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good chat. All right. This was your escape from plan A for this week. And uh, we will catch you next time. See y'all. Bye. Bye.